Chapter 8 of Original Stories from Real Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Original Stories from Real Life by Mary Wollstonecraft. Chapter 8 Summer Evenings Amusement the arrival of a family of haymakers ridicule of personal defects censured a storm the fear of death the cottage of honest jack the shipwrecked sailor the history of jack and his faithful dog pompey the evening was pleasant mrs mason and the children walked out and many rustic noises struck their ears some bells in a neighbouring village softened by the distance sounded pleasingly the beetles hummed and the children pursued them not to destroy them but to observe their form and ask questions concerning their mode of living sheep were bleating and cattle lowing the rivulet near them babbled along while the sound of the distant ocean died away on the ear or they forgot it listening to the whistling of the haymakers who were returning from the field they met a whole family who came every year from another county where they could not find constant employment and mrs mason allowed them to sleep in her barn the little ones knew their benefactress and tried to catch a smile and she was ever ready to smile on those whom she obliged for she loved all her fellow-creatures and love lightens obligations besides she thought that the poor who were willing to work had a right to the comforts of life a few moments after they met a deformed woman the children stared her almost out of countenance but mrs mason turned her head another way and when the poor object was out of hearing said to mary i intended to reprove you this morning for a fault which i have frequently seen you commit and this moment and the other evening it was particularly conspicuous when that deformed woman passed us i involuntarily looked at something else and would not let her perceive that she was a disgusting figure and attracted notice on that account i say i did it involuntarily for i have accustomed myself to think of others and what they will suffer on all occasions and this loathness to offend or even to hurt the feelings of another is an instantaneous spring which actuates my conduct and makes me kindly affected to everything that breathes if i then am so careful not to wound a stranger what shall i think of your behaviour mary when you laughed at a respectable old woman who beside her virtues and her age had been particularly civil to you i have always seen persons of the weakest understandings and whose hearts benevolence seldom touched ridicule bodily infirmities and accidental defects 
they could only relish the inferior kind of beauty which i described this morning and a silly joy has elated their empty souls on finding by comparison that they were superior to others in that respect though the conclusion was erroneous for merit mental acquirements can only give a just claim to superiority had you possessed the smallest portion of discernment you would soon have forgotten the tones loss of teeth made drawling in listening to the cheerful good sense which that worthy woman's words conveyed you laughed because you were ignorant and i now excuse you but some years hence if i were to see you in company with such a propensity i should still think you a child an overgrown one whose mind did not expand as the body grew the sky began to thicken and the lowing of the cattle to have a melancholy cadence the nightingale forgot her song and fled to her nest and the sea roared and lashed the rocks during the calm which portended an approaching storm every creature was running for shelter we must if possible said mrs mason reach yon cottage on the cliff for we shall soon have a violent thunderstorm they quickened their pace but the hurricane overtook them the hailstones fell the clouds seemed to open and disclose the lightning while loud peals of thunder shook the ground the wind also in violent gusts rushed among the trees tore off the slender branches and loosened the roots the children were terrified but mrs mason gave them each a hand and chatted with them to dispel their fears she informed them that storms were necessary to dissipate noxious vapours and to answer many other purposes which were not perhaps obvious to our weak understandings but are you not afraid cried the trembling caroline no certainly i am not afraid i walk with the same security as when the sun enlivened the prospect god is still present and we are safe should the flash that passes by us strike me dead it cannot hurt me i fear not death i only fear that being who can render death terrible on whose providence i calmly rest and my confidence earthly sorrows cannot destroy a mind is never truly great till the love of virtue overcomes the fear of death by this time they had mounted the cliff and saw the tumultuous deep the angry billows rose and dashed against the shore and the loud noise of the raging sea resounded from rock to rock they ran into the cottage the poor woman who lived in it sent her children for wood and soon made a good fire to dry them the father of the family soon after came in leaning on crutches and over one eye there was a large patch 
i am glad to see you honest jack said mrs mason come and take your seat by the fire and tell the children the story of your shipwreck he instantly complied i was very young my dear ladies said jack when i went to sea and endured many hardships however i made a shift to weather them all and whether the wind was fair or foul i ran up the shrouds and sung at the helm i had always a good heart no lad fore or aft had a better when we were at sea i never was the first to flinch and on shore i was as merry as the best of them i married she you see yonder lifting his crutch to point to his wife and her work and my wages did together till i was shipwrecked on these rocks oh it was a dreadful night this is nothing to it but i am getting to the end of my story before i begin it during the war i went once or twice to new york the last was a good voyage and we were all returning with joy to dear england when the storm rose the vessel was like a bird it flew up and down and several of our best hands were washed clean overboard my poor captain a better never ploughed the ocean he fell overboard too and it was some time before we missed him for it was quite dark except that flashes of lightning now and then gave us light i was at the helm lashing it to the side of the ship a dreadful flash came across me and i lost one of my precious eyes but thank god i have one left the weather cleared up next day and though we had been finely mauled i began to hope for i hate to be faint-hearted and certainly we should have got into the channel very soon if we had not fell in with a french man-o-war which took us for we could not make any resistance i had a dog poor pompey with me pompey would not leave me he was as fond of me as if he had been a christian i had lost one eye by the lightning the other had been sore so that i could hardly call it a peep-hole somehow i fell down the hatchway and bruised one of my legs but i did not mind it do you see till we arrived at brest and were thrown into a french prison there i was worse off than ever the room we were all stowed in was full of vermin and our food was very bad mouldy biscuits and salt fish the prison was choke full and many a morning did we find some honest fellow with his chops fallen he was not to be waked any more he was gone to the other country do you see yet the french have not such hard hearts as people say they have several women brought us broth and wine and one gave me some rags to wrap round my leg 
it was very painful i could not clean it nor had i any plaster one day i was looking sorrowfully at it thinking for certain i should lose my precious limb when would you believe it pompey saw what i was thinking about and began to lick it and i never knew such a surprising thing it grew better and better every day and at last was healed without any plaster after that i was very sick and the same tender-hearted creature who gave me the rags took me to her house and fresh air soon recovered me i for certain ought to speak well of the french but for their kindness i should have been in another port by this time mayhap i might have gone with a fair wind yet i should have been sorry to have left my poor wife and her children but i am letting all my line run out well by and by there was an exchange of prisoners and we were once more in an english vessel and i made sure of seeing my family again but the weather was still foul three days and nights we were in the greatest distress and the fourth the ship was dashed against these rocks oh if you had heard the crash the water rushed in the men screamed lord have mercy on us there was a woman in the ship and as i could swim i tried to save her and pompey followed me but i lost him poor fellow i declare i cried like a child when i saw his dead body however i brought the woman to shore and assisted some more of my messmates but standing in the water so long i lost the use of my limbs yet heaven was good to me madam there sent a cart for us all and took care of us but i never recovered the use of my limbs so she asked me all about my misfortunes and sent for wife who came directly and we have lived here ever since we catch fish for madam and i watch for a storm hoping some time or other to be as kind to a poor perishing soul as she has been to me indeed we are very happy i might now have been begging about the streets but for madam god bless her a tear strayed down mrs mason's cheek while a smile of benevolence lighted up her countenance the little girls caught each hand they were all silent a few minutes when she willing to turn the discourse inquired whether they had any fish in the house some were produced they were quickly dressed and they all eat together they had a cheerful meal and honest jack sung some of his seafaring songs and did all he could to divert them and express his gratitude getting up to reach the brown loaf he limped very awkwardly mary was just beginning to laugh when she restrained herself 
for she recollected that his awkwardness made him truly respectable because he had lost the use of his limbs when he was doing good saving the lives of his fellow-creatures the weather cleared up and they returned home the children conversed gaily with each other all the way home talking of the poor sailor and his faithful dog End of chapter 8